55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hello, hello, hello. What up? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi and all 82 counties. Hometown heroes, local agents available to you 24-7. A phone call, a text away. They're right down the street. They're not three counties over or three states over. That's the way it ought to be. Deal with folks in your hometown, in your home county, and that's what you get at Farm Bureau. Same's the case for C Spire. We stay connected to you around the clock. When we're not on the air, I'm connected to you. I'm tweeting. I'm uploading. I'm posting. I'm, what do you call it on Instagram? I'm Instagramming. <laughs> Live streaming. Thanks to C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, cspire.com. At Seaspire, they are customer inspired. Hey, on a Tuesday, how's your day going so far? Huh? Everybody cool? Everybody happy? I'm happy. I got hot coffee. I just poured in the coffee mug from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Mississippi coffee roasted right here from highpointroasters.com. Hey to everybody on the stream that's watching on Periscope and on Twitter, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt, watching the live stream over there. Hey to y'all. So feel free to comment if you're. I'll see all your comments on either of those streams. Uh, number two baseball team on Periscope just said big time get yesterday. Our offense got better. Yeah, howdy Caleb to you on Periscope as well. Uh, that's it. The news of Terrell Shaver is it Shaver or Shavers? I think it's Shavers. Terrell Shavers, the uh, former uh, four star recruit, a really fast, tall receiver, went to Alabama out of high school. One of the top 100 players in the country out of high school, but didn't get on the field hardly at all at Alabama. And is transferring to Mississippi State to go try to catch passes there the next two years. He's got two years of eligibility left. So we're going to get into that. Big, tall, fast receivers are kind of, you know, where this thing is headed. Okay? Everywhere. It's kind of where it's headed. Y'all text me today on the uh, Country Pleasing text line. It is 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 885-ESPN. If you need the number, it's 885-3776. Call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, that's Divinity. Hit me up there. It's 995-1059. That is a 601 number also. 995-1059. So give me a shout. Love to hear your voice. Hey, let's see here. Look at all these texts coming in. Grumpy was the first one on the Country Pleasing Text. He said, Matt, what's your thoughts on your sports dinner tour late this summer? I already got about six guys that would like to attend in Jackson. 
So much fun. Last year, I'll even pay for Beaver a ticket. That's from Grumpy. Grumpy, you don't have... Beaver's got a ticket. Beaver has a perpetual ticket. Beaver's just... He's a walking ticket. He just gets in. <laughs> but that's very nice of you. Yeah, we're putting the plans together. And I know, you know, it's one of those things, Grumpy, where under normal circumstance, I'd probably already have put the details out. But obviously, like everything else, you know, we just kind of wait and see on certain things, capacities and, you know, size of gatherings and when's the right time for that kind of thing. That's where we are. But still, plans are to do some stuff. So uh, you'll hear it here for sure. And, and I'll have it all over social media as well when we do that. Uh, True Maroon says, shout out to all the butthurt Ole Miss fans. Now, two things. What's that about? Okay, True Maroon, what's the context of that? I may be a little in the dark on it here. I don't know. So what is that about? And number two, why the term butthurt? You might know where that came from. Hmm? I, I don't even know what the, where, how you tra- what do you trace that back to? Uh, Beaver, you got any theories? Uh, you know, I've never really thought about that. That's a good question, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where'd it come from? Anyway. Hey, uh, yeah, so look, and I'm going to get to the Facebook comments. I don't know if the it, it looks like this, the Facebook stream may have frozen up on um, online over there. And if it has, I won't get those face. But I want to say something about Facebook real quick here. Beaver, I was pleasantly surprised this morning to wake up and get a text from a former teammate of mine, Paul Mooney. Paul was an offensive lineman for us at State in the uh, in the years I played. We were the same age, uh, so we're big we, we're big time teammates, but we were roommates and best buddies and everything. Yesterday was Best Friends Day. Today's not, but he's kind of best friends. I look at him like a brother. And he sent me and Rob Morgan, we were all, you know, three buddies. He sent us on a group text, a link to a Facebook video that this guy made. I'm going to try to pull up the responses I got here on my phone. And it's uh, a guy who says, here are the different types of football players during up-downs. Now, Beaver, did you ever get to play any football or anything like that? I didn't, Matt Wyatt. Mm. Um, Little C would not. I wanted to sign up and play in seventh grade. Little C wouldn't sign the permission slip. Not happening. Okay. Still to this day, I think about the NFL career that could have been. Could have been. Right. You wouldn't have to be sitting here listening to me flap my gums, (laughs) you know, if we had had done that. Uh, No. um, Up-downs is a form of punishment in football. It's also it's a form of punishment that coaches would use because it also is very good from a conditioning standpoint. So, you know, good coaches, they may punish you, but we're going to get something out of it. I'm not just going to take a paddle and hit you over the behind with it. We're going to do something that may actually benefit you. And in this case, we're going to do something called up-downs. Well, all you do is you run in place. You're just running in place, feet up, feet down, running in place, and then the, the intermittently the coach blows the whistle. <laughs> And every time he blows the whistle, you have to f- go face first, flat down onto the ground. You do a belly flop onto the ground, boom, and get right back up and keep running in place. So it's up-downs, hence the name. 
Okay? This kid on TikTok did a hilarious video of the different ways that players get through this thing called up-downs. And I'm going to try to watch it here. There's The first version is the player that's called uh, the try-hard. The try-hard player who's like, let's go, let's go. And, and he just he gives it all he's got. Then the next one is the flopper. This is the kid who, during up-downs, when it's time to do the belly flop onto the ground, he doesn't even really support himself. He just flops onto the ground just like a, like a dead body. <laughs> the flopper. Uh, a third type of up-down football player during up-downs is the can't-get-up-fast-enough guy. He's the one who, like, he gets on the ground, and he's so slow getting off the ground, he's not even back up on his feet by the time the coach blows the whistle the next time. And then he just lays back down. And then he's back up on, he's barely getting up, and then and he's got to lay back down. He can't even get up. The can't-get-up guy. And then, like, there was two others. that One of them was the early finisher. The one who said, oh, I know what one of them was. The, I'm going to fake an injury. Ah, oh, coach. Ah, oh, my hamstring. Coach. <laughs> Hold up. My legs hurt. Coach, you're not going to stop? Come on now. I'm hurt. The fake an injury guy during up-downs. And then the fourth one, or the fifth one was, uh, the, they, he called it the early finisher. The player who just says, I'm done. I ain't doing it, coach. Sorry. If this is what it takes, I'm out. I'll see you. <laughs> I'm not doing them. I'm done. And so what, I had a little fun with this video. I sent it around to several former teammates of mine <clears throat> because I've seen them all do up-downs. I know which one I am or which one I was during up-downs as a player. Brian on Facebook watching the live stream, you're right. The video is hilarious. And I asked them, you know, which one are you? <laughs> and some of them are lying, by the way. Some of these guys that are former teammates of mine, some of them lied as to which version of this they are during up-downs or were. <clears throat> uh, Matt Caldwell. Some of y'all may know Matt. Matt was a big offensive lineman at Mississippi State from New Hope. He's been coaching and recently was the head coach at George County. He commented and he said it definitely would be the can't-get-up-fast-enough guy. <laughs> See, that's what I said. I said I would be, I was the guy during up downs. I get to a point where I couldn't get up off the ground fast, and I'd be on one knee, and he's blowing the whistle to go to the next one. Uh, Matt Butler, receiver, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, caught the winning touchdown against Auburn in 1999. He posted his comment was too funny. Tell the truth, shame the devil. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Matt Butler would not admit as to which one he is. I know which one Matt was. He was the faking injury. <laughs> the, th the thing about Matt was as, as tough as nails. I mean, as tough as nails. You couldn't hurt him. Yet he'd be the one to say, I'm hurt. My legs hurt, Coach. I, I need to hold up. <laughs> I need to quit <clears throat> for a minute. Uh, Paul Mooney, I mentioned Paul. He's the one that sent it to me. He said he would have been the uh, can't get up fast enough. Kevin Sluter, y'all remember Kevin Sluter? Kevin was a defensive lineman from Pensacola, Florida, that ran a 4-6-40. Kevin came to Mississippi State out of Pensacola, went to the same high school as Emmett Smith. And uh, I believe, uh, he may have to correct me on that, maybe the legend grows. I think he did. Maybe somebody else. 
Anyway, Kevin was 6'5", 225 pounds, but a defensive line recruit in 1995 and ran a 4'6". When we signed and showed up, he was more built like a quarterback and ran more like a quarterback than I did. But the thing was, about three years later, he weighed about 275, 280 and still ran a 4-6. Kevin scored a touchdown on a, fu- uh, a fumble recovery and uh, return in the 1996 Egg Bowl. Yep. Sprinted about 50 yards and stood there in the end zone because he'd outrun everybody. He stood there in the end zone and celebrated by himself in front of the south end zone and bought Hemingway Stadium. Uh, Kevin said he would have been a flopper. And he said, especially during Joe Lee's Packer days, he said the dang defense was dying while the offensive guys were just jogging around playing some helmet game. (laughs) What Kevin is talking about, Packer days. Have any of you fans ever heard that? Packer days? Joe Lee Dunn had something called Packer days for his defense during two-a-days. And that was they would do up-downs at the end of every practice And each practice, they did them longer and longer and longer. Up until the point they did it like 15 straight days, he he had them do up-downs for like half a solid hour, like half an hour, 30 minutes, like solid. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, that's what Packer days were. A few other teammates. Cameron Floyd. Cam was a big 6'4", 215-pound receiver out of Pontotoc and was on his way to have a great career and then blew his knee out, never really recovered, but... Cam said he would have been the try-hard guy, and there's no doubt he would have been. Come on, Coach, let's go. He was the try-hard guy. Y'all go watch that video. It's on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. You're going to get a great big kick out of it. All right, uh, let's see. Where are we on the text line? Let's get caught up, shall we? Unnamed texter sent me pictures of, of an autographed football. From, oh, from that Auburn game. Who are you that sent me this? You've texted the show before. An unnamed texter texted the show. Okay, so three pictures of three different angles of this football. It's a game ball from the Auburn game 1999. Uh, To my friend, is that, okay. So you're Dr. Clark. 18, I'm reading the football. 1816 commemorative ball. There's all the signatures on it. All that kind of stuff. Very cool. Thanks for sharing those pictures. Yeah, I bet Matt Butler caught that ball is on there somewhere. Um, okay, we're getting several comments on the country pleasing text line about what the where the term butt hurt may have come from. And Tony, you know this. Some of these I can't read, okay, on the air. Or some of them I'm not going to read. All right, True Maroon's got the explanation. But hurt, overly or unjustifiably offended or resentful. He says Ole Miss fans are but hurt because Mississippi State got a four-star wide receiver. Their only response is to talk crap about his stats from sitting behind the fourth round, four first-round draft picks at Alabama. Okay, so Terrell Shavers, it came through. You guys remember we talked to Paul Jones last week? And at that time, we had just started to hear whispers about the idea that this big receiver from Alabama was going to get in the transfer portal. Uh, wondered if state was a possibility. Took about a week. He announced yesterday he's going to state. He'll have uh, two years of eligibility left. A lot of the eligibility stuff, I don't really understand that much. I just know he can play. 
uh, right now. He is tall, 6'5-ish. Uh, rumored, I say rumored, reported to be really fast in that 4-3-4-4 range. Let me tell you all this. <clears throat> I, as a state guy, and check it out, I got the old walking bully shirt on from the Mississippi State University golf course today. As a state guy, you got to be excited about it. The fact that there is a former highly, highly recruited fast, tall receiver coming to be a part of your football team. Had you signed him, you'd have been really happy about it. Had anyone signed him, you'd have been really happy about it. Okay. And here's an interesting note to look at. You want to look at the positive side of it, True Maroon. Interesting note. So since Mike Leach signed up, he's added a top 50 prospect. Okay, that's KJ Costello. A top 100 prospect prospect, okay, now Terrell Shavers, and a top 150 prospect in Scott Lashley. They were That's where they were in their respective classes in that 24-7 composite. And that's go along with all-SEC running back in Colin Hill, a top 10 prospect in offensive tackle Charles Cross, who is already on the roster and already going to play. Tackle, running back, quarterback, receiver, Tackle. A bunch of guys that they've added on offense that are next-level talent to what they already had. Okay? So it is a positive all the way around. 100% a positive. There's no negative to any of it into what they've added on the offensive side. Now, the reality is, and, and Mike Leach will tell you this, and Terrell Shavers will tell you this, and Charles Cross and Scott Lashley and Kylan Hill and KJ Costello will tell you this. None of that means anything now. That's all precursor. It's all past. Rankings, all that, it's all positive. But what they will tell you is now that you're there and the work is beginning, now those things don't mean anything. What matters is, okay, if I run a 4-4 and I go out here and I stretch the defense, if they throw me the ball, do I catch it? Right? Those kinds of things. And you're going to hear all that. So, True Maroon, this is what I would say to you as a state fan. As opposed to, I mean, be excited about it. Pump your fist and be glad and get excited and let it help you buy a ticket. Sure. But in regards to how it's going to translate in a ball game, instead of my emotions going way up here, or a rival fan, instead of your emotions going way down here, everybody just kind of got to do this right here. Because they're not even practicing yet. And if anything, what's going to happen is it's going to ramp up competition. That's what I love about it. You bring better players in than both that player and the ones already there. If you want to get on the field, you have to be that much better. That's how programs are built. So that's one way to look at it. Unnamed Texas said, Paula costs up-downs. Does he do those two in his workouts? I bet he does. He used to do them. Hate them. <laughs> uh, Tip says that Josh, meaning Josh Morgan at Warren Central, brought Packer days to Warren Central. Really worked on that mental toughness. Didn't quite make it 30 minutes. You may check with Josh. It might not have been 30 minutes. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but they did up-downs. And like I say, it got longer each day. And it did get to a point where offensive guys, we'd watch the defense and go, I kind of feel sorry for them. 
I mean, they've been blitzing us all day, not playing any kind of coverage, just go man-to-man, blitz our butts off during every 11-on-11. I hate them for that. But what they're going through now, I kind of feel sorry for them a little bit. (laughs) It's almost not fair. Yeah, and Truman Rubin, I get it. I, I get it. You said uh, you, you never said you weren't excited about it. Right. I know that. You you should be, and everybody should be. Um, it's a big get. You know, and if you were to go, okay, well, there is a reason, obviously, that a player like Shavers didn't get the playing time yet at Alabama. Maybe he would have gotten it had he stayed. Uh, you never know. Uh, but maybe there's a quicker chance to get that playing time at State than there is Alabama right now. And get some balls thrown to him by a guy who's, if he's healthy, going to play a little football in the NFL. And that's KJ Costello. You know, so I, I see it as a, you know, Alabama's got plenty of players. I see it as a ramping up of the competition at receiver group at state and adding some speed in there. You know, if you just have one or two guys on the field consistently who, because of their natural ability, natural speed the defense really does have to consider that going hey with our personnel we, we got to line up this way and make sure the safety's there and we can't go all out zero coverage man because if he runs by us we got nobody can run with him just having that guy on the field can totally change the way defenses play you really uh the transfer portal I mean, it really has been good to Mississippi State. So far, based on what we know, it's really been good to State so far, for sure. All right, just getting started with you on this Tuesday. Plenty to get to, including your texts and calls. Stick around. Tell the truth, some of y'all listening who played high school football, and I just started talking about up-downs, and you started getting a little woozy, a little sick, just thinking about it. (laughs) Tell the truth. I know where your mind is. Nobody likes those things. Welcome back. I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. Check them out at favrates.com. My mother... Speaking of, my mother commented on Facebook on the live stream and said that my nephews, Jack and Chris, had their seventh football practice this morning. They're good. They're linemen. Twin boys. When asked how it went, their responses, quote, threw up twice. And then the other one said, I threw up three times. (laughs) And no other comments. (laughs) Been there. <clears throat> that runs in the family too, mom, throwing up at football practice. I, you know, I got to a point where it was no big deal. It hits you, just unload it and move on. Move the football up 10 yards and just keep on going. It's <clears throat> the way it is. That's going to be happening soon, by the way. I don't know if y'all saw this. The NCAA um, is going to approve a six-week plan to start college football season on time, according to reports. Now, you can get this info anywhere. I got it at AL.com. And we talked about sports writing. You know, AL, I mean, um, the, the sports writing thing across the country, it just continues to change. 
feels a little prophetic. We talked about it last week. I gave you some examples, you know, some, some friends and folks who are out of jobs. And uh, you saw over the weekend where the athletic, the big bad, the athletic, I think laid off 46 people or 47 people, all writers. Um, say what you want. I, you know, college football runs the show in the state of Alabama. And as long as the people at AL.com are continuing what they're continuing, they have this really strong digital presence, online presence, um, they're going to continue to be around. And, and other people trying to figure that model out, figure out a way to, to do what they've done. Anyway, that's where I get this news from AL.com, uh, Mark Helm. The NCAA is expected to approve a plan with the idea of starting the upcoming football season on time, according to multiple reports. The NCAA's Football Oversight Committee has put together, put it on paper, submitted to the schools a four-phase plan. Say that five times fast. Included in that plan are six weeks of mandatory workouts with preseason camps starting in early August. In addition, college football coaches could interact with players beginning in the second week of July. That is different Normally, it's August. They're saying as early as the second week of July. Now, listen up. Y'all asked me yesterday about SEC media days that normally happen in the third or fourth week of July. I told you the chances look slim already. This goes through, which I think it will go through. You're not going to have media days. Not like normal. Not what we know as media days. Why? Because coaches are going to be operating in conducting workouts and walk through practices during the time that we would normally be putting them in suits and ties and sending them to the microphone to have media days. <clears throat> uh, the NCAA Division I Football Oversight Committee expected to approve the plan tomorrow. No, that would be Wednesday, so it would be Thursday. I guess they meet on Thursday. They'll approve it then. It would need final approval from the D1 Council. That group of people meets on June the 17th. So you know they're up against it. If the plan says we want football coaches to be able to begin walkthroughs and, and hanging out and coaching their team as early as the second week of July, well, the D1 Council better, better approve it on June 17th or else they're only leaving themselves a couple of weeks to figure something out before July gets here. Uh, Shane Lyons the West Virginia Athletic Director, Chair of the Oversight Committee, said, quote, we're 90% there. So here are the five phases. There's really four in the preseason of, of this proposal. Look, you may think I'm drawing this out. This is important to you as a football fan for two reasons. One, it tells you what's about to happen with your Bulldogs, with your Rebels, with your Golden Eagles, your Crimson Tides, and your War Eagles. Okay? It tells you what's about to happen. Two, know this as a fan because you are living some through something that is unprecedented, that is historical, that has never happened before. Never happened before. And could be, I believe will be, it's my belief, it's my opinion, could be a tipping point that sends this thing on into permanent status because this is what football coaches and stuff have been wanting for a long time anyway. Phase one, we're in it right now. 
from June the 1st until the 25th. First permissible preseason practice date, only voluntary. Okay, phase two, summer access. Required summer uh, athletics activities may begin 25 calendar days prior to the first permissible preseason practice date. So you're talking about that. Student athletes may engage in eight hours of weight training, conditioning, film review per week. That's phase two, summer access. Third part of that, summer access with walkthroughs and meetings. This is in July. Okay, this is mid-July. They can start having walk-through practices. That's huge for teams and coaches who didn't have spring training. I can just tell you as a former player, you don't have spring training. You've been sitting at home doing nothing. We kind of get going with voluntary. You're telling me that starting in mid-July, I'm going to be out there on the field going through walk-throughs? What's a walk-through practice? It's kind of like a regular practice, but we're not hitting and tackling and we're not running. Mentally, I got to line up where I'm supposed to be. We're sort of huddling up or we're getting a signal from the sideline and I'm going through the mental reps of I have to line up in my spot, watch the quarterback, he snaps the ball, we pretend as though we're running but we're walking and we all get in position. We're going through reps. It's huge. Then you have preseason, which is all the August practice and then the regular season. Those are the phases. It's a real deal. They're going to vote it through, um, let the debates begin on whether they should and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to happen. Cameron on Facebook says, Jolie Dunn Packer Days. That's it. Up downs. Jolie Dunn Packer Days. Never been so happy to be on offense. Probably, though, a reason why they were the number one defense in the country. They were in better shape than everybody. Style of defense they played, they had to be. Denzel on the country pleasing text line says, Matt, what are the chances that Mike Leach has the offense doing push ups during a game after going three and out while up 21 to nothing like he did a few years ago at Washington State? The chances are good, Denzel. Something like that will happen. You know, and because Mike Leach does not strike me as someone who is who is always predictable, it'll probably be something different. But I saw this week a story, and there was a quote from a former running back who'd played um, in the Mike Leach offense. And his quote was, you cannot be fragile mentally and play for Mike Leach. (laughs) You can't be both. You can't play for him and be fragile mentally. You're going to be tough mentally. Now, Nick on the Country Pleasing text line says, After all this hype, it would be hilarious if Leach lined up in a two-tight end set and ran a power on the first possession of the year. (laughs) Right. Just totally totally throw a wrench in everything and go two tights, uh, two backs, and right, run power. Right, pull a pull one guard around in there and full back right behind him and just boom. <laughs> like a good old goal line play on the first play of the year. I would be all for that, Nick. What would be wrong with that? Nothing. 
I would love it. Hey, listen, uh, coming up in just a bit, today we've got the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. It is number 88. That means we are 88 days from Saturday, September the 5th. Team number 88 on the list is from the ACC. Yeah, pretty low, right? That's I mean, 88, because I'm going by the Football Power Index, they're number 88. That's pretty low for a team from the Power Five. And uh, I guess it would be, if I think about it, that'd be the first. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be the first ACC team we've had. I'll go back and look on the list. We already had one SEC team at number 100. That was Vandy. Seems kind of low for an SEC team. I mean, for an ACC team. Number 88. But that's what we have coming up next. So we'll do the countdown, give you a few details. And what that's about, if you're just tuning in, you're like, what's this countdown? We started at 100 days out from September the 5th, the first big Saturday of football. And we're going 100 teams in 100 days. And what it does, we go down the teams of the list of the Football Power Index. It helps us to learn just a little bit about each team. And by the time the football season gets here, we're all going to know a little more about all these different football teams than we would have otherwise. We'll learn it together. All right, so that's coming up. Also in hour number two today, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's Major League Baseball draft and other things with Scott Foxhall. He's the pitching coach for Mississippi State Baseball. And so that's coming up on today's show as well. Text me, call me, tweet me. Get it on in here. Love hearing from you. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Back on the show, rolling along with you here on this Tuesday. What's up? Appreciate y'all tuning in. Lots of text today so far here in the first hour on the Country Please and text line. I'm sporting the, uh, if you're watching the live stream, I'm sporting the uh, red, white, and blue Country Please and Sausage hat. See, it says Country Pleasing on the back. You go down to the uh, butcher shop, Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence. You can get a hat like this or another color, or you can get it online, countrypleasing.com. Check them out. Y'all text the show 885-ESPN-885-3776. Hey to everybody on Facebook. What's up, Coach Wilk? Hi to you, Coach Wilkerson. I got to get me some of those peaches, Chilton County peaches. I got some peaches in Vicksburg last week, and I was really disappointed to find out they came from South Carolina, not Chilton County. Chilton County, Alabama. It's kind of like old stomping grounds for me. Mother and father both from there, family from there. So good to hear from you, Coach Wilk. So y'all hit me up. Call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Feel free to call. As I mentioned to you, coming up in hour two, we're going to talk a little Major League Draft with Scott Foxhall. He's a pitching coach for Mississippi State. Supposed to hear from him top of the hour coming up about 20 minutes from now. So we'll look forward to that. You know, we talked a long time yesterday to 
Jake Gotro talked about some of his hitters. Westberg, Foskey, those guys expected to go in the top five rounds and go on and begin their pro careers, whatever that looks like. Some others we're not so sure. We'll see. Guys like Blaze Jordan, big-time high school prospect and that kind of stuff. But you just have this abbreviated draft that's going to begin tomorrow for major leagues. It's only going to be five rounds. So, I mean, the major leagues are full of guys drafted in the 7th and the 8th and the ninth and the 10th. None of those are getting drafted this year at all, okay? And these Major League Baseball rules only allowed teams to sign players after the draft at $20,000 up to $20,000 each, which that's nothing for somebody who might have been a 6th or a 7th round pick. I think we gave the stat last week that there were, what, there were 7th, 6th, and 7th round picks last year getting signing bonuses like $300,000, $400,000. You're going to offer them twenty this year? So, so many of those are going back to school. For a guy like Scott Foxhall, a coaching veteran, I wonder what he expects college baseball to look like next year. Talent, rosters, ages of players. What's that all going to look like? You know, juggling innings for pitching staffs. That frankly, there's going to be more of them. Need to ask him some of those questions. See if we can get up on that. It is time to continue something we have been doing, and I like it so far. The response is good. I got a message last night, by the way. Thank you, David, on uh, Facebook for your. Message, you like the countdown too. The countdown of 100 teams in 100 days leading up to the start of the season on that first big full Saturday, September 5th of college football. Today is team number 88. It's the final 100 teams. 100 days. Are you ready? I am. September the 5th, 88 days away. You get to be as old as I am, you know how fast 88 days will go by. Just like that. <laughs> Today, team number 88 is from the ACC, the Syracuse, what are they? Orange. The Syracuse Orange. I don't know if I like that fight song or not. It's not the greatest I've ever heard. The Syracuse Orange, they used to be the Orange Men. It was politically incorrect. They removed the men. Now they are the Syracuse Orange. I don't know what year that happened. It's been within the last 20 years or so. Here's the thing about Syracuse, though. First of all, on their schedule, uh, they are not starting the year on Saturday, September fifth they like army who we talked about yesterday they like army are starting their season on friday september the fourth uh they will go to boston college so you know it's probably one of those games you're going to watch on that friday night if you're not at a high school game or if you're just in love with college football you want to dvr it that kind of thing or if it's on late i don't know what the kickoff time is going to be but right now they're saying It'll be on that Friday. We'll see if that happens. 
Syracuse supposed to start the year with back-to-back road games at Boston College, at Rutgers. But yeah, the opener for them be 87 days, Friday, September the 4th, if it goes off without a hitch. Dino Babers is their head coach. He is in his fifth year. Uh, he's sub-500 now, and he took over. I mean, Syracuse hasn't been great in a while, right? So he's sub-500. He's 23-26, and 26, but my perception is that he's done a pretty good job steadying that. And if you look, okay, they missed out on a bowl last year. They went 5-7. and seven. Prior to that, though, what was it, two years ago, they had an upset of Clemson. They upset Clemson, and they played them tough maybe last year, but they've had some high moments in the five years, in the four previous seasons that Dino Babers has been there. But right now they're going through kind of one of these dips, like last year, five and seven. This is supposed to be a little bit of a rebuilding year. You know, you look at the FPI for whatever that's worth. It's the lowest rated ACC team on that football power index at ESPN. It's just a ranking is all that is. But that's kind of where they are. But I stopped reading Beaver when I looked at their offense and I realized that their quarterback's name is DeVito. Their quarterback's name at Syracuse is Tommy DeVito. Now, what if he were related to Danny DeVito? (laughs) What would surprise you more? I mean, I think the thing that would surprise me the most would be that in any way, in the same bloodline as Danny DeVito, who's all of, what, four feet tall? Beaver, how tall is Danny DeVito? I believe he is 4'11". Four four, Let me double check. 4'11". He's sub five feet. Famous actor Danny DeVito. You know, played the Penguin and the Batman, all these different things. But, of course, Beaver and I like him as uh, Frank in... It's always sunny. You hear the music. Oh, he's actually 4'10". Really? We gave him an extra inch. Danny DeVito, who's 4'10". It would be the most surprising to me that there's anybody in the same bloodline that turns out to be a Division I Power 5 football player (laughs) in the Danny DeVito family. But I made all this up because I don't think they are. Now, well, you can look it up and see. It's spelled the same. The D and the V are capitalized, just like Danny. But anyway, that's his name. He's not bad. Um, he wasn't bad a year ago. It's just that uh, he, he got sacked a bunch and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, <laughs> the Syracuse Orange. Um, five wins last year. They're going to start uh, the year on a Friday this year against Boston College. There's really nothing for them out of conference that is um, really worth noting. They um, they won two of their last three last year. They they beat Duke on the road 49-6 to out of nowhere. How about that? How about David Cutcliffe and Duke in November hosting a three-win Syracuse and got ran out of their own stadium 49-6? to Then they went on the road the next week to Louisville, gave up 56 and lost, finished the year with an overtime win over a pretty good Wake Forest team. So, you know, maybe there's some momentum in there. Uh, we'll see uh, if it, you know, momentum carries. Oh, I don't know how much momentum there is if you don't have any spring or anything like that. Uh, when did they beat Clemson? They beat them at some point. 
Okay, 2018, Dino Babers and Syracuse had a close loss on the road at Clemson 27-23. So if you go back two years, that would have been Dino Babers' third season at Syracuse. They started 4-0 and and then went to Clemson and lost by 4, 27-23. The next week, they lost in overtime at Pitt 44-37. So then they were four and two. Then they won four more games in a row. Beat North Carolina in overtime. Put up 51 on NC State, 41 on Wake Forest, 54 on Louisville. They started the season eight and two back in 2018. And then lost to Notre Dame badly. And won their last two. Had nine wins in the regular season with a win over Boston College. Beat West Virginia in a bowl game for their 10th win. They had a 10-win season in 2018. Yeah, it was 2017, so year two of Dino Babers, when they hosted second-ranked Clemson and beat them 27-24. to See what I mean? I mean, they've had some ups, but just like in 2017, Syracuse, they beat Clemson, huge upset. They were sitting there at four and three, and they finished the season with five straight losses. So... Up, down, really roller coaster. And they're kind of down, or at least expected to be this year. So that's team number 88 on the countdown, Syracuse. All right, hour two coming up. We'll jump into the baseball deal. The draft is coming up tomorrow. What does it mean for colleges? Let's talk to Scott Foxhall, and I'll take your phone calls and your texts just like normal. Look forward to hearing from you. I'm Matt. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.